All right, welcome to the first podcast of 2021. Super excited about today's guest, kind of a random situation here. Sarah Scro, better known as Shell, singer, <laughs> model, radio host, has amassed a following of 1.1 million followers on Facebook, uh, 646,000 streams on Spotify in 2020, and much, much more here that we will get into and right here from the Springfield, Illinois area. That's pretty awesome. That was a mouthful Thank you. there. That's a that's a quite an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I know Ryan here went to school with you, correct? In yeah. Chatham, uh, and he had kind of told me about you before. And I just think it's awesome um, people from the Springfield area that have accomplished things. You know, what I mean, got to the point where, like where you're at, or just done amazing things that a lot of people don't give. How people think Springfield, like, oh, you know, can do anything from Springfield, you know what I mean? So it's awesome to see people that kind of get past that and kind of kill that. Uh, you know, it's interesting because most of the time I'm sitting thinking I have so much more to do and it's hard to like step back and look at the things that I have done. Have accomplished um, already, yeah. But, but you know, it, it's it's tough coming from Springfield because there is not necessarily an outlet for entertainment here. Right. Um, and so if you want to do entertainment, most of the time you have to Get move. Or, yeah. And that journey isn't always it's smooth tough. sailing. Tough, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just kind of, I, I just want to jump back because I don't know you very well, but it's so be awesome just kind of jump back, I guess, to the beginning where you kind of got into some of this. Have you always kind of been a singer, interested in singing? So my parents joke I came out singing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've loved it as long as I can remember. Um, around five, I was running around my house singing at the top of my lungs and my brothers were really angry about that. And my mom said if I was going to do that, that I had to take voice lessons. So she put me in voice lessons and it was the one thing because she, she put me in softball and gymnastics and whatever else. Giving and it was the everything. one thing <laughs> that I loved that I stuck with. Um, and you know, I, out, out here, there were only so many options for a uh, young kid to get into with singing. Um, so I got into all the choirs. I did all the choirs. I did the musicals. I, um, I did Muni, uh, and, and that I did voice lessons and that was about the extent of what I could do yeah. vocally out here. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, you're good. And this was all kind of through high school then. Yes. Uh, so then at what point were you like, this is what I want to do. I want to do this with my career. Like, what's the next step? What do I need to do here? Or like, how do well, you... It's interesting because, you know, I, I always had this dream of being a pop singer. Yeah. And, um, and when I was younger, I was, I was a chubby kid and it wasn't always the most, um, when you tell people you want to be a pop singer and, and you don't look the part, and not only do you not look the part, but you live in Springfield, Illinois, people look at you like it's Try to bring you it's, down. it's funny. What you're saying is, <laughs> what are you dreaming about that that's, for? <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so not only was it kind of a joke, but it was also, um, you know, when I was younger, my parents kind of wanted me to be somewhat realistic because they wanted me to 
succeed in life. Yeah. And, and well, it's a tough area to succeed. Entertainment yeah. is one of the hardest areas <laughs> to yeah. succeed. Um, and not only that, but, you know, when you don't live in an area that has lots of jobs and entertainment, like if, if you grew up in Los Angeles and you said you wanted to have a career in fashion photography or you wanted to have a career in um, singing in any in any aspect, there's a plethora of jobs. Right. It doesn't seem so unrealistic. And growing up out there, you probably would have more connections. Exactly. It'd be a little bit easier to get in. And But that. growing up here, you know, it's it's the idea of success is much different. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, getting to the end of high school, um, I, there were, there were a number of things. I wasn't feeling very confident in myself, um, outwardly. I wasn't, uh, I didn't really see opportunities, but I, I still had this in the back of my head. I had this dream of singing, um, but I didn't know what to do. My, my parents were pushing me to go to college and I didn't see any direct opportunities. So I thought, well, maybe I'll go to college for music and that didn't really pan out. So I, I went to college for fashion design because that was also something I was somewhat interested in. Where'd you, where'd you go? Uh, Lindenwood in, in St. Charles, Missouri. Okay. I was also a little afraid to be super far from home so that was that was a good way for me to be close enough that i could drive home right. but far enough that i yeah, could. I get that i went to western so it was kind of the same, same thing, type of thing yeah. yeah but i didn't really do much with singing through college uh really? i stayed in voice lessons and that was about the extent of it i think at that point i was feeling a little bit like it may be impossible yeah and the I feel, I believe in fate. I believe in, for sure. in things happening the way they're supposed Everything to. Everything happens and for a reason. Yeah. You know? I, I always say that. And so I have a cool story. I was in my senior year of college and, and when they're supposed to too, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I was in my senior year of college and I, at this point I was kind of considering going into a career in special effects makeup. I had, I had been doing makeup freelance for a while as a career, and I had taken a stage makeup course at school that I really That's loved. Cool, um, and I was starting to get into kind of the like prosthetics that I thought were very cool. Um, but I was in the car, and usually when the radio ads come on, I change the channel, but for some reason I didn't. And there was a radio ad for a school that Nelly, the rapper, had opened in St. Louis um, called Extreme Institute. Yeah. I kind of remember when he did that, actually. Yeah. It's, it's no longer. But, yeah. <laughs> but they had just opened it, and it was for music, um, recording and engineering, and manage, music management. Yeah. One, and, of, one of my buddies was in the recording and had a little studio here in town. And I don't, did he go down there? I don't remember, but that's, I remember hearing when he did that because he was, I, I don't remember if he went down there and took some classes or not, but I remember, kind of remember that. Yeah, I thought it was a very cool thing. But anyways, the ad came on for it. And and at the time I wasn't in voice lessons. And so I, I thought to myself, I wonder if they give voice lessons. So I called them and they said they had one slot left for voice lessons and I took it and two weeks later they asked me if I wanted to go on their summer concert tour with Murphy Lee and represent the school. And nice. so of course I said yes to that. Yeah, that's and exciting. 
Then I met a producer out of St. Louis uh, named Tech Supreme, and he asked if I wanted to make music. And I said, that's all I've ever wanted to do. And once I started, I didn't look back, and I what, dove right what, in. What year was that about? That was 2012, I want to say. Okay. Um, so you started making music with him. Yes. Probably was a, a awesome experience, like getting in the studio and just getting that whole experience. Studios always have a cool vibe. You yeah. know what I mean? The music and just yeah. the creativity. Uh, you know, I've never like sang or done anything myself, but I've, you know, I've always loved music. You know, when my buddy had a studio, I loved just being there. You know, I, one of the reasons I bought my first camera and started making videos was because of music. Um, so yeah, no, I've always loved music, always loved the studio vibe. So I, I could definitely see that. And, uh, as a singer that, you know, I'm sure it's even amplified, you know, even from my interest. Definitely a learning curve there though, because it is completely different to be, a recital singer or a like competition like I did I did vocal competitions and the show choirs and whatnot but it's completely different to to do that type of singing and to be a recording artist and and on top of that it's completely different to be an entertainer Mm -hmm. and to be a front man and especially if you've battled with um self-image and and self-acceptance learning to get past that and make yourself a brand right is is a whole other thing yeah no i've uh and nowadays it's like even with social media and stuff it seems like i just hate to see like i don't know if you've ever seen uh what was it called the the social dilemma uh, well there was a social dilemma but there was another one i can't remember the name but it was on netflix but it was about how teenagers and stuff basically judge their popularity off of Instagram and, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't got 60 likes in 60 minutes. I delete that post automatically. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that kids are growing up dealing with this stuff. Yeah. And uh, But I look at your stuff, you know what I mean, and, and uh, you know, I'm looking through it and everything. It's just awesome to see promoting, like, loving yourself, you know, and just try, not paying attention to what other people say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I'm sure you get that. I'm sure people, there's always haters. Of course. And, um, how do you, I mean, do you just try to like not read comments or do you just brush them off when you read something stupid or how do you usually deal with that? So it was interesting when I first started getting a following on Facebook, I was working with a, uh, social media management company uh, that was also managing a rapper named Hi Rez. He got famous from the McDonald's drive-through rap. Um, <laughs> and he had a million followers on Facebook. And so because he was managed by the same person, um, he had asked him to post some of my videos, nice. which I didn't have yet. So I made videos for right. him to post. And, and I started getting a lot of followers, but you know, people were felt very free, especially when you're behind a screen, people feel very free to say exactly how they feel. And it's not always nice. And I struggled with it in the beginning. I really did. It, It almost brought me to a point where I didn't want to continue to post. Um, and a few different things happened. One, I, um, as I continued to go on and to continue to post things, I started getting messages from um, younger girls who said seeing me 
as a bigger girl, um, doing what I was doing made them feel like they could. And that changed everything for me. Um, it made me realize that, yes, I had this dream for myself, but at the same time, I also had the ability to, to show somebody else that they could too, or to give somebody strength or courage to, to step outside of their box. And, you know, Lord knows it's taken me seeing some other people doing the things that I want to do to get the inspiration from them as well. Um, I'm sure that's an amazing feeling for sure, getting those uh, messages like that. They definitely outweigh the others, I would imagine. Yeah. uh, You know, I I don't do a ton of stuff. Well, you know, well, I do, but I don't, like, have a huge following or anything like that. But even still, every once in a while, like, somebody will reach out and just be like, man, I love what you're doing. Like, it's awesome, you know, inspired, you know, every once in a while. And it, you know, it feels good to yeah. get the, you know, only had a few of those, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they all matter. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in St. Louis, you get, you get, uh, you get into kind of get into this, you, you, you're going on tour. Uh, when did you start, um, kind of, how long did you stay down in the, like that area? So after I graduated, college um i stayed in st louis for another four and a half years i actually got a master's degree um during that time uh in digital media management Uh, and i stayed i i i really engulfed myself into the st louis music scene i was in the studio i'd go to one studio from about 11 uh, AM to probably 9 PM. And then I go f- straight from that studio to another studio from like nine or 10 PM to like 4 AM. And I go back and I go to sleep and I do it again the next day. And it never felt like work. It just felt like I was getting to do something that I absolutely loved. And I had, you know, I had friends that were producers and videographers and photographers, and I was performing all the venues. But at some point, you know, I realized I had done all the festivals, I had performed the pageant, I had I had done some of the big stadium um, stuff. I opened for Nelly twice, I opened for That's Jason awesome. Derulo, I, I went on a couple of tours and, and I got to a point where I was like, I don't think I can go much further from here because right. as much as there is more of an industry in St. Louis than there is in Springfield, there's still not enough. Right. So, you know, I hit a point where it was like, okay, do I quit and and try to find another field in which I'm interested or do I up and move and see what happens? And I didn't want to spend the rest of my life wondering what would have happened if I moved. Yeah. So, went for it. I up and left. I, I went to Los Angeles. I didn't know anyone out there. I didn't have anything out there. And How scary was that? You know, <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily scary going as much as the first year was terrifying being there. Mm-hmm. Trying uh, to make connections and meet people and stuff. It is a culture shock. Coming, yeah. from, coming from Springfield, Illinois and living in St. Louis, Missouri, the way of life in Los Angeles is totally different. Everybody's playing a game. And, and it, is, it is a game out there. It is, it's the first question anyone will ask you is, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And they want to assess 
what they can get out of their relationship with you. And not being familiar with that, you tend to make friendships and then get very disappointed when you find out it's not a real friendship. Mm -hmm. But once you start to familiarize yourself with how, how it is, you kind of are more able to detach emotionally and then start thinking about it yourself. Like, okay. (laughs) And, and don't get me wrong. I have over the years made some really great friendships. Um, it's it's probably a little harder to do. It's a lot harder to do. Um, so at this point when you head out there, what was your like social media following like? So that's also interesting. Um, I had started, I think two years prior, really working on my on my social media accounts. Did from, your did your uh, the schooling and stuff you did? Do you think it helped? My masters, I do think it helped a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I was very focused on it, and I could take some of some of the tools and tricks that I learned. But I wouldn't say that I felt like a master right. in it. <laughs> Um, but my first year in Los Angeles, I, since I didn't have any connections and I didn't have, um, I started from square one, I couldn't just dive first into music because I didn't have producers to work Mm -hmm. with. I didn't have studios to work at. I didn't have anything. Yeah. So. And if you're just going to go straight pay, I'm sure it's very expensive out there mm -hmm. to get into places and get with people that are actually good to work with. Right. So I thought about it and I was like, what can I do? Because I, I had a little crisis moment within my first couple months being out there. And I was like, I need to do something and, and I don't have anything going on, but I need to, nobody's going to make it happen for me. I have to, I have to make it happen for myself. So I thought about it and I was like, well, I have about, I think I had about 30,000 followers on Instagram. I was like, I have a small, a small following, but enough of a following. And I reached out to four brands that I really liked. Um, I think it was swimsuits for all fashion, Nova curve, um, Charlotte ruse and like giddy online and well, back then, I, I mean, at that point, 30000 is not terrible. No, no. <laughs> and fortunately for me, Fashion Nova Curve had just started. So, so they were uh, looking for people. So they were to... looking for ambassadors. And three out of the four got back to me and, and started having me brand ambassador for them. So I really started doing that full force. And I also um, had stumbled upon a spot at dash radio radio hosting and i dove full force into that because i was like these are the two things i can really focus on right Um, and not only that those are good ends to start meeting some people i think you know between the fashion stuff and music and radio yeah well and what i learned is you know it's all connected Mm -hmm. even you know the fashion industry industry is connected to the is connected to the photography industry, is connected to the music industry, is connected to the TV, like TV entertainment, is mm-hmm. connected to sports. It's, it's, it's all... At some point, they all need each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So uh, you get into those. How was... Uh, so you said you were hosting... A ra- was that a, yeah. the radio station that you were hosting? <laughs> so it was interesting. I When I moved to Los Angeles, I hired somebody to help with management thinking that they might be able to 
connect me with some people and and they didn't really do much of anything and but they did connect me with dash radio but i found out like like six months in that the guy was pocketing money and stealing from me saying he needed money for certain things and and just pocketing it um taking advantage so i had like i don't know i think i was like a month or two into dash radio and he had been helping me and so when i fired him I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I've never been a radio host before, not to mention on my own. And so I just went in and and did the best I could. And then one day, it was like a few weeks later, one of the heads came up to me and, and I was like, oh, this is it. They're gonna, they're gonna kick me out of here. <laughs> And she said, your show's doing really well. We, nice. How would you, how would you what, like what to do? What kind of show was it? Were you just hosting songs? Like talking in between just, like a, what yeah. are they, just like a DJ for the... They had told me initially they wanted somebody to do a EDM show. Okay. Um, so I would, I would make a catered playlist and I would do little talking segments in between. Um, and sometimes I would invite a friend to come talk with me. Uh, and so they gave me more time and then it, that spiraled into, it became, eventually became less of a EDM show to me inter- interviewing, um, other artists oh, because cool. as I, as I moved along, I met more and more people, uh, in the music field who were aspiring artists. And so me being an artist, I felt like I could uniquely, ask them about their experience Definitely. in in a personal way um and so that spiraled into them really liking this artist asking new up 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 and coming artists about their music and they started sending me lots of yeah. new artist interviews that's awesome so yeah. we're able to make some good connections there yes Get some, get some tips. Still today, and, I have a lot of friends that I made from interviewing. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, that's why, that's what, you know, I was telling you this earlier, but that's honestly why I like doing this. I like meeting people or learning about people's businesses or their stories coming from Springfield or whatever. It's not, it's not very often you get, you know, these are usually about an hour. It's not very often, you know, I get a one-on-one with somebody for an hour just to kind of shoot the shit for a yeah. little bit. Um, so between, um, the, the brand ambassador stuff and the radio, you were kind of growing your social media at the same time, yes. just from people starting to follow you and know who you were and stuff. The brand ambassador stuff, is, was it like they were sending you clothes and stuff to use on your Instagram? Yeah, and so they would, they would send me clothes and I would take pictures in the clothes and I would post it. Yeah, and for sure. No, that's awesome. And that was, I mean, so what, what year do you think that was about? Because it's interesting because the stuff you're talking about, even though it was kind of widely being done, it was still somewhat new. Like right. nowadays, it's like right. everyone's, know, everyone's doing, doing it. Doing it. So you're, it was, you're kind of at the kind of early stages of all that stuff happening, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was late 2016. Yeah. Early 2017. All right. That's awesome. I know I think about it. I'm like, man, I was right there. When all social media started, and I just did not go oh, in head first. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time because, like, TikTok was musically first. Yeah. And I've got some friends that, or, or even like the people who were Vine stars mm-hmm. and traveled that over to whatever accounts. Right. But at the time when, when they came out, Vine, I was like, oh, this is just a fun little thing. I didn't think about it as a tool or right. TikTok, you know. 
And that's how like YouTube, that's my biggest thing is like when YouTube came out, like I was doing videos, like I was messing around with friends, like wakeboarding and just different things. And I, and then I was in college and we were doing all kinds of stupid crap. You know what I mean? I was like, man, if I would have just been posting my videos <laughs> to YouTube, you have the biggest following right, right now. I bet. Sponsored by all of the. Please, but, um, you know, I guess you live and you learn. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, one of the guys that I follow, who's uh, kind of a media person like me, but in New York with a large company and stuff, he always says uh, something about uh, what is it, eighty twenty? Like spend eighty percent of your time on the stuff that is big and you know is working and everything, and then twenty like dabbling in other little things. So like, if that new social media platform comes along, you don't know if it's going to be the new TikTok, right? But spend a little bit of your time in it and get to know it. That way, you can recognize. Like, yeah, all right, I'm already on here and I just got to amplify it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, we we we're, we still try to do that a little bit on our side. Uh, we don't do probably as good a job as we should, but. Uh. It's hard, <laughs> it's, you know, because I do I do all of my own social media. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is, if you if you did. I've, I've had help here and there, but as of right now, I'm doing everything myself. And, and it is very hard to stay on top of TikTok, Instagram, it Facebook, is. Twitter. Um, and <laughs> so then, many. Uh, there's Clubhouse, Loom. I'm trying to think of SoundCloud. Um, I, I could probably no, keep going, sure. but, but then I feel bad because I have, I have all these notifications in all of these different platforms and then there's emails and then there's text messages. That's hard for sure. We, uh, you know, one of the things I always tell our customers is we manage your social media so you can manage your business because <laughs> it is. It's yeah. tough to do it all. It's crazy. But it's so crucial, too, though. The social media aspect, if I've learned anything over the years, I'm only where I am because yeah. of social media. Mm-hmm. I've willed it into existence through social media. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you've taken, you made some right choices, though. I mean, you can't give all the credit to social, but, you know, <laughs> without you doing some of the, <laughs> well, I, think I mean, it, really, I think though, it, take, it took a, le- a little bit of endurance, too. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, getting out to California and getting into radio and, you know, with you wanting to do music, doing those two things, those are brilliant moves. Like, you probably maybe didn't credit yourself at the time or maybe necessarily know that that's why you were, I don't know, maybe you did, but I'm just saying, like, I could see that just kind of happening and then all of a sudden be like, wow, that was perfect. I can't believe I did that. Cause stuff like that does happen too, you know, but those were two perfect moves, you know what I mean? So that, that's pretty cool to, uh, to, to hear that, that those were the two things that kind of got you in with some people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how long you been out there then? You said that was 2016. Yeah, it'll be four years in May. I think it's May 8th is my is my date that's awesome and it'll be four years which is crazy because it feels like i just moved out there yesterday (laughs) time goes by fast what uh so when did it like when did when did you really like was there a point where i was like damn my facebook just jumped like two hundred thousand followers what is going on here like Um, i don't know if there's like sometimes it's like a video or like there's like just one a point where it's like Facebook kind of spiraled out of control because my my mom my you know i have to give a lot of credit to my family. Um, my mom has been my right-hand man through all of this. I talk to her multiple times a day, even when I'm in Los Angeles, and she she keeps me on track. If I forget things, she'll call me and be like, did you do this? Did you do this? And, and she, you know, as for someone that doesn't really even listen to music, right. <laughs> she, um, she has really stepped into this role, and, and I couldn't do it without her. And, you know, of course 
my my dad and my brother look over every single contract that comes oh, in. Yeah, and so I feel very, very blessed that my family has decided to support me in this um, and that they get excited about it because it is not an easy path. So having support is crucial That's and awesome. people you can trust too. But my mom, back to the Facebook thing, my mom had started to boost everything on Facebook. Mm. And this was a couple of years ago. And, and she realized that every time she would boost it, it would get this slew get of extra, new followers. Yeah. And so she kept boosting and boosting and boosting. And, and yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Well, that's it awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's pay to play sometimes on stuff like yeah. that, but, but, but even still, like people have to like it then you know what yeah. i mean they have to like what you're doing and you can put there it has in, to be you can something put it in about the content yeah, exactly they got to connect with you um so at that point you know you're out there when did you when did you like really start then getting into you know doing music out there so i would say you know and and how did that kind of work out was it you know wh- why you were at the radio did you start kind of uh, so yeah, it's like I said, my first year out there was, was something else. I, I moved into a house. I, I rented, I didn't want to live alone when I didn't know anyone out there anyways. So I rented a room in a big house and, um, within the first month and a half, one of my roommates took my other roommate's car three hours away and pushed it off a 60 foot cliff. <laughs> And then we still lived with all the same people. Nobody was evicted, so it was a war zone. And Jesus. It, it was, things were getting stolen and destroyed. And I'm going oh. through the same thing with my management that I hired. And it was, it was a tough first year. I was going to say, it sounds stressful. <laughs> um, the reason I found out about the bad management was they had set me up with a producer uh, out of Atlanta who had won a Grammy for uh, working, I think, on the Carter Three. Um, and so I, he came out to work with me, and, and I was, they set me up with him and one other producer, so I, I, I worked um, sparingly uh, when I could with people that they set me up with. Um, but after, those, those were two small occurrences working on music the first year I really didn't work much on music but but after that I had one of my best friends out of St. Louis decide to move to Los Angeles and he he was you know how I said I went from one studio to another studio his studio was the second studio that I went to so when he moved he was still very he's and he still is very back and forth but um but he rented a studio space um, on Sunset Boulevard. And, and he knew how to do all the producing yeah, stuff. Yeah, he there. had been doing it for years. Um, and so he, thankfully to him, he said to me, you know, come in. And if I don't have anybody here, we'll record. Nice. And so for about two years, I would go in and stay there all night. And he'd, he'd have his friends or people that he'd meet come in and I'd meet other artists and and we'd record or we'd hang out or whatever it was I started making connections um also through the radio station I'd meet some people in the industry and make connections that way but it wasn't until uh 
I had a guy reach out that wanted to manage me, and he's from Chicago. He came to Springfield. I performed Logfest in Springfield. Oh, yeah. And he drove out to see me perform, and uh, he liked the music, and he was very interested in managing me, and he... So we started working with him, and he set me up with a producer in Los Angeles that was also from Chicago. And he is who I've done most of my songs with to this point. He's nice. he's incredible, and I love the music that we come up with. But majority of the music that I'm making is with that same producer. Okay. That's what I was curious if you like use, you know, try to find like different people or is it, you know, you just kind of vibe, you vibe with one and you, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you yeah. make a good friendship and you yeah. vibe with somebody and, you know, it just works out better. I'm always eager to work with anyone because being in the studio and making music is probably my favorite part of all of it. Yeah. Um, so if I have the opportunity to work with new people or to be in the studio or whatever it is, I, I will take it and I will be happy about it. But I tend to love, I feel like the vibe with this particular producer fits me very well. Yeah. So, so was that manager, do you, do you still use him so, now or because he was in Ch Chicago and I was in Los Angeles, um, it became not so easy for management. So he's not managing me right now, but he is still on the team. Um, and anytime we have any yeah. calls about decisions being made, he still is a part of it. Them. And, you know, I, I've, I've, like he, I said... He was a good guy, though. He's yeah. Been, yeah. <laughs> and I, I've been blessed to have some people along the way that really believe in it and want to yeah. help. Do you ever have, um, do you have people that come along, you know, you talk, talked about being in LA and who are you, or what do you do? <laughs> do you have people that come along and want to take it, just, just kind of take advantage of your following or like anything like that, that, that you kind of deal with now that you've been out there for a little bit? Um, I'm a, I'm a bit of a homebody. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I not like out like when that. When I when I my first year or two out there, I was out like that, and and there were some experiences where I wasn't sure if that person was really interested in being my friend or really interested in dating or if like what right. it, what it, whatever it was. But um, I'm very to myself, and I've 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 gathered a group of really good people at this point, and I. I feel like I probably should be pushing myself to network more, um, but it's kind of hard right now with COVID anyways. Right. Yeah, so I don't have a, that as much. <laughs> How, uh, now California's pretty damn shut down, isn't it? Yep. Um, I think I think everything is shut down right now, and, and I know they have a 10-day quarantine if you're coming in, flying in from anywhere. and mm -hmm. Crazy times, man. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, man, that's crazy though. Uh, so you're out in California, you kind of done this stuff. How, how long did you do the radio station for? I did that for a little over two years. Um, it was, it started becoming a lot of work because the more I did it, the more interviews I was getting. And, you know, for me, 
I was I was a one one man band. So it was I was doing the research. I was doing the interview. I was uh, recording the interview. I was editing the interview. I was choosing the music. I was um, taking the pictures and videos and I was editing that and I was posting on social media. I would send the social media posts to the radio like, station. Right, for I, gotta, to, I need to focus on myself here. <laughs> and yes, it, at, at some point, I, and I felt like I was doing pretty well at it, which was great, but at some point it was taking up way too much it's only so much time in the of day. my time and so and I, f- I found myself neglecting other areas uh so i stepped back and then covid happened right. and they stepped back from doing radio shows anyways because you can't exactly have too many people come into right. a radio station people criticize you whatever during all of this does uh how about like your music videos? How how do you usually go about those? Do you have like a certain people you work with and, or is it uh, just kind of like try to find somebody to film them? Or, you know what I mean? I'm just curious from a video standpoint. Like, um, You know, videos have been tough for me because I, I fund everything that, yeah. I, that I do. And so obviously I'm somewhat on a budget and... Um, I've had some videographers reach out and offer to do the video, but, um, then I still have to do all the costuming and all the props and all the like set design and, and get all the, the usually kind of, do you usually for your videos then come up like with how you want to do it and the vision for it all and everything? Yeah, I'll, I'll bounce it off of the director. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to find people moving forward that it can be a little less on me. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're low budget, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're good videos. Thank you. I, I mean, definitely. I mean, I understand that cause I mean, some of these people spend so much money on a video, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of low budget stuff though is kind of in a way cool because you have to figure out how to get creative with not having very much money. So that challenge can sometimes be neat to kind of take on. How about music? Do you write everything? Yes. Um, occasionally I'll have a friend sit down with me and bounce ideas. Yeah. And we'll, we'll write it together. But, but I really like to have, an attach not an attachment to what I'm saying, but to have it be real. Yeah. You know what I mean? To have it come from me. Right. Um, Cause that's always amazed me. Like some of these songs that people sing that they just didn't write at all. And I'm like, Man, yeah. I can't believe more singers don't just write their music. I mean, I guess after, you know, you've done it for years and years and years, maybe it starts to get harder. I don't know. You know I mean? I'm not a well, writer, think, but I think there isn't, there is an art to it. I mean, to me, it's, it's a lot like poetry mm-hmm. and it has to have the right cadence and it has to have the right rhyme schemes in it. And there isn't, there's a formula. If you listen to any top 40 song, I was just sitting with one of my friends and, and going over this with her. But if you listen to any top 40 song, it's usually A, B, A, B right. or A, 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 B. And then I've heard and, that a lot. And there's Some, like, somebody was telling me that they, uh, who was it? They were telling me that now they have like they have like computer programs with like artificial intelligence that they'll literally plug a song into 
and they let the song like major ra- major record labels they'll basically like tell them whether it's going to be a hit or something yeah. crazy i mean there like i said <laughs> like, there's what? there is a formula you can listen to every song on the top 40 and there's there's breaks at certain points there's ad libs at certain points you can hear similarities in every single song and if you're paying attention and you study it then yeah if you have a little bit of not music background knowledge probably notice it more but that's also a skill set and not everybody has the time or the energy or the ear for that Hmm. so uh that's pretty cool though that you uh you know you write your own stuff Cause I feel like that's important. You know what I mean? Personally, you know, sometimes when I hear the art, like I said, when I hear artists didn't write their stuff to me, it's just kind of, uh, I almost don't like it as much, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so nowadays you just came out with uh, a new song. I did. Not too long ago. What was it in November? Uh, I think it was late October. Oh, but the video the came video, out. Yeah. November. The video came out November, I think 11th. And it's. Nasty, nasty woman. Nasty yes. woman. I took a listen to that, <laughs> and uh, it was a good video. I like the Thank concept you. of it. Actually, I think we have. Uh, we could play a little clip of it here. So that was a little clip of her new video there and song, Nasty Woman. Uh, you can get on her uh, YouTube page. We'll put a link in the description there to see that full thing. But that was a, that was a good video. How long did it take? Oh, jeez. my <laughs> mic here. How long did it take you guys to film that? So I, it's funny. Um, I was, I started working with a new distribution company. Um, and they were really pushing for me to put a different song out. And... I, in my head, had wanted to put Nasty Woman out in the fall. I wanted to correlate it with the election Mm. um, because, as we all know, uh, Trump loves to call women nasty, (laughs) um, which is part of where that came from. But but I wanted to put it out out alongside of the election, and, um, and the distribution company I was working with was really pushing for me to put a different song out. And... Mm -hmm. And then a series of events happened. Um, uh, Kamala Harris became the vice presidential uh, nom- nomination, and Trump called her nasty. And I was like, it's a sign. I have to put the right. song out. So I called up the distribution company and said, I'm putting out it. I'm putting it out. I'm, pu- I'm doing it. Yeah. This is happening. And after making that decision, I knew that I had a matter of weeks that I had to put the video together because it was so spur of the moment and I knew it had to have a video with it and um fortunately for me uh I have a drummer I have a band in Los Angeles and and my drummer I'm very good friends with he started about a year ago drumming for Dame Dash and Dame Dash uh he, my drummer started inviting me and he became a friend of mine. Um, and 
he generously offered for me, he has a TV studio in Los Angeles, and he generously offered for me to use his TV studio nice. and, and his cameras, and, and he set me up with um, his videographer. And um, yeah, and that was my saving grace for, for the video. So uh, the videographer was incredible and came up with most of the scenes I fortunately was able to have some good friends come and take part um, who wouldn't have normally (laughs) done that sort of thing. Um, My friend uh, Jacob Seidman, he's also from Springfield and he lives in Los Angeles. Um, He's an actor, but he came up as a dancer and he last minute, I think I called him a night or two before the video and asked if he would help me and he choreographed everything like nice. the scenes with the yeah. the puppeteering he did all of that um he was the guy in in, in the in black, black suit, suit in the back <laughs> also from springfield nice um that's awesome and yes and and uh, you know uh two of my other friends that were there from st louis uh perfect living in los angeles um but but yeah it was very last minute it was very well, it doesn't look last minute. What can good. we do to make this? Ha- that's that's credit to the videographer. Yeah. He really he really did his thing, and um, I'm very grateful to everyone who helped to make it happen. Because you're right, it it looks very professional for yeah. the budget, for the amount of time, for and I think it's got almost five hundred thousand views. Yeah, which it, is awesome. It went over. I think it. I think it's a little above that now. Yeah. So that's exciting. That is. That's. What do you think uh, helped attribute to that? Some of the like uh, other stuff you've been doing compared to like other videos. I know you have some other ones that got quite a few, a few hundred thousand. Um, but, you I've know, this one a, looks like it's the most, and it's been up for not very long. Yeah, I've had a really good year. <laughs> um, you know, when when quarantine started i was i was just about to go to south by southwest and Um, i had a couple of i've always wanted to go down there it's very cool if you ever get the chance if things get better and whatnot it's it's a cool place to be um but i had a couple of showcases and i was super disappointed and i was like i don't know how to keep things rolling from here and one of my friends called me and he actually he blew up over the last year. He had a song go viral. And nice. um, we wrote a song together called Party of One. Yep, and I to that one. That he good. called yeah. me and he said, this is the perfect quarantine song. He said, everyone's having a party of one. Yeah. Put, it, put it out. And I said, you're right. <laughs> and so I like to push in the sofa out in the middle of the street. <laughs> yes. I, I had one of my one of my friends who went to Lindenwood with me. She flew out to stay with me for a month and she does videography and photography and and so we were just running around the streets of los angeles we saw we saw some stuff sitting on the curb a couch dragged it out yeah that's hilarious but i i really thought about it and i was like i can't do shows i can't i can't tour i can't but everybody's online but i was like what can i do so i've had these moments through my career what can i do instead of sitting and thinking oh it's everything's right there's nothing i can do i was like okay okay i can put out music because i have all these songs that i've been wanting to put out that i have been sitting on so i can put out some of these songs and i can work on tiktok which Mm -hmm. i had not even started and my idea with tiktok was even though 
to be honest with you, I really hate making TikTok videos and um, it's it's not the most fun thing for me. Right. I was looking at it like... You almost have to. Yeah, I mean, I strategically, you can use all social media platforms to, I mean... I feel like as a brand, as a business, you are missing a huge marketing point if you're not taking advantage of yeah. these social media platforms. Especially with you and the position, everything you're doing, music, like right? TikTok and, is just crazy. And for I was that. also thinking about the fact that when you listen to the radio stations now, eighty percent of the songs on the radio stations blew up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, well, look at all these people just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, just uh, and I don't know how much you've looked into TikTok, but I've done a lot of research on it just out of curiosity for advertising uh, sides of things. And I don't know what it costs now, but the whole challenge thing, you know, to get on that thing, you can pay and set up a do it like a, a challenge, set up a challenge, and then you're featured on that that list. And then in my head, if I was a musician, I would pay the money for well, it. Well, I would I would obviously pick a song that I know I could pull a little. 15 second clip out of uh pay the money one for the challenge two like whatever pick like four or five high you know followed tiktokers to create you know to help create that challenge and then have them be the first ones to post it and obviously you do it also and i just don't see how it could not blow up if if somebody did that you know what i mean i don't know what it costs now it's probably way more expensive than it was when tiktok first got started also other ways to go about it you can you can reach out to or pay um other tiktok influencers to do videos to your song and then and then that will spiral into their followers doing videos to that song and that's kind of what i meant is the mix of Mm -hmm. like having it featured on there and then also them doing the yeah I don't get on. I, I mean, I'm on it. I don't make as many as I should to be familiar with it, but uh, we we do it a little bit here. Yeah, but yeah. So um, my goal with TikTok was, you know, get somewhat of a following, and then hopefully have TikTok headquarters reach out to me, and then find out about trying to get my song on the playlist, which all which happened. Um, I ended up getting my song Friends on uh the new releases on tiktok nice um and it was up there for two months perfect Um, and do they give you any kind of statistics off of that then when you have a song on there do you get any i get statistics like how many people did a video to my song and i haven't checked in a while but i think it had it was around a thousand or so the last time i checked um videos uh but but yeah, I I really wanted to focus this year on putting out some music and tr- working on new social media platforms. And, um, you know, I, I when I put out Nasty Woman, I really wanted to make a big wave because I felt like it had the ability to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And so I hired a, a publicist for Nasty Woman. Oh, nice. And she really she really went out of her way above and beyond to push it as hard as she could. And so what she do, like submit it to different websites, get, she, just help get exposure. She reached out to all her contacts, um, f- through magazines, newspapers, radios, radio stations. Um, and just out of curiosity, how do you, did you know somebody or how'd you find? So, like, uh, my old manager out of Chicago, uh, I don't know if he knew her or knew of her and 
um, she's out of New York. Okay. And she she's managed like Love and Mel- Melanie Martinez nice. and are not managed. Um, Pub- done public, PR. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he reached out to her and and she's a feminist and nice. so I think <laughs> I think my story resonated with her awesome. and and yeah she's gone above and beyond for me and and even now she's she's like I want to be on the team and we're gonna make this work new relationship that's great um so i past the music though you now have been doing modeling i saw (laughs) like some sports illustrated stuff how did how did all that come about so music was always the goal um but i've never like i said with with um social media and with radio i've always felt like planting seeds was never a bad thing yeah um and so I had started to do the brand ambassadoring, so it was like Instagram modeling, and um, and that spiraled into me doing a couple of freelance um, modeling gigs in Los Angeles, and that, um, at some point, I think it was last September, I performed CurvyCon in New York City, which is a really big body positivity convention. That's cool. Um, and it's during New York Fashion Week. And the reason that happened is probably about eight months prior to CurvyCon, I was doing my research on, on people in the industry that were all about body positivity because that's part of my brand. Um, and I found, I found the creators of CurvyCon and I thought, this is really cool. What they're doing is very cool. And I saw that the year before Lizzo had performed and, and that Ashley Graham had been there and all these people that I idolize. And, and so I reached out and I said, um, I, I messaged both the founders and the CurvyCon page. And I said, you know, if you're ever looking for a performer, I would yeah. love to Simple message. do it. And I didn't hear anything for about five or six months. And then six months later, um, one of the founders reached back out to me and she said i looked at your stuff i loved it um i would love to have you come perform yeah and so i went and i uh and it's actually really funny i was looking for a kick-ass outfit for it (laughs) and surprisingly nobody makes very costumey um like pop outfits you know like the yeah. the fun performance outfits you can't really find them so really? I was, so i was like on etsy trying to find something make something more and custom. the coolest stuff i could find were from um a, a brand that makes drag clothing mm-hmm. um so <laughs> so i had reached out to see if if they, they always love fun clothes. If they could make me something. And they said, you know what? We're we're getting ready for New York Fashion Week. We're so sorry. We're not mm. going to be able to get you something in time. They said, and I said, oh, that's funny. I'm going to be there performing that exact same time as New York Fashion Week. And they said, well, why don't you come walk in our show? Oh, wow. And uh, So Curvy is, goes on about the same time as Fashion Curvy Week? Curvy Con goes on at the same time as New York Fashion Week. Okay. And so I went out. And I performed CurvyCon and I walked in New York Fashion Week. And from that, at CurvyCon, they have a bunch of brands that, that um, partner with them. Um, so they have 
Torrid and Anthropology and Good American and and all the brands that are now really trying to push curve lines or plus lines. Right. Um, and through that, uh, Good American, which is Khloe Kardashian's mm-hmm. clothing line. Unfortunately, I know that no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sitting there with my wife watching, keeping up Kardashians <laughs> in the background all the time. They uh, they were there, um, and they came to me and they said we we saw you on the on the lineup and we checked you out and we how would you feel about coming to do a shoot with Chloe? Wow. <laughs> and I said that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so I got to be part of the good squad and do a shoot with Chloe Kardashian and um and wow, I, what an experience. Yeah, That's awesome. And also through through CurvyCon Anthropology um reached out and had me walk uh, two shows for them um, in Los Angeles, which all of that then spiraled into me getting signed to a plus size modeling agency last Christmas. Awesome. It's crazy, you know, all that stemmed from a message to them. Hey, if you ever want me to do this. Yeah, you know? no, and that's the... And f- people are afraid to just do that, simply reach out. Maybe you won't get a response. You know what I mean? It's probably a little bit easier on your side because you had a decent following on everything, but... Yes, but, but you know, even if you don't, this is why I was saying social media has really been my key to getting to where I am mm-hmm. is because if you use it correctly you can really, you have access to anyone. Right. And it doesn't always mean they're going to see the message or that they're going to respond. But if you, if you reach out to a hundred people, you're probably going to get 15 or 20 responses. Not everyone's going to, but you're going to get somewhere. And yeah. you just have to be willing to take the time and to take, do the take research. Take all the no's and, along with yeah. the yeses. Yeah, it's all part of it. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. What a, what a great story. I, I just love, though, how like there's these little uh, points where it kind of uh, just stemmed into so many more things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a book one, called, one time called The Tipping Point, and it's about those little points in life where you know, if you would have gone left instead of right, your whole life would be completely different. Yeah. Well, if you wouldn't have gone to LA or you wouldn't have heard that radio commercial right? or you wouldn't have messaged curve, you know what I mean? It's like, where would, what would be happening right now? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you definitely have some of those key points there that we, we hit on. That's an awesome story to definitely hear. Um, so what, what's next? What's going? What's going on? What's uh, after the <laughs> pandemic? What do we got? You know, I'm I'm trying to figure that out myself. Um, I've made a lot of new music this last year, um, and I plan to make some more new music. Um, I would really like this year to put out a lot of it. Yeah. I I've been trying to be do, do you have a strategy when, when you like make it do you really try to like plan out a strategy yeah, or? so that's that's been the problem is i've been trying to be very strategic because it's not an albums game anymore right people people don't unless it's unless it's kendrick lamar or drake or no one's like, oh, or taylor go swift the they're probably not gonna sit and listen to a full-length album um so it's it's smarter to put out singles but the problem with putting out singles especially as an independent artist and one who's not quite as well known uh is that you really have to market those singles and so you have to give it enough time 
and marketing yeah. and and you have to have the video and the artwork and right. all of those things so we've been giving each single at least two to three months mm -hmm. and doing a single every two to three months means you're probably only going to put out four songs yeah maybe in a year um so the last couple of years i've only put out a couple of songs mm -hmm. every year and then and then i have this buildup of songs that i wish i was putting out and um like, i don't know I'm, sometimes it's like maybe i should just pump these out yeah so so i'm thinking right now um especially with you know quarantine still being a thing um i'm thinking about toying with the idea of either putting out small EPs when I put out a single, like mm -hmm. putting out three songs at a time and just featuring one, yeah. um, or putting out a song every month. Uh, these are kind of ideas. I, I have a phone call probably this upcoming week with, with my team to try to figure out how we're going to go about yeah. things. But I don't know if you follow Jack Harlow at all, but I've noticed kind of what he's been doing is he'll just drop his whole album all of a sudden. And he just puts like either a graphic with it or something basic. And I don't know if he analyzes like, I don't know how, what, what his strategic side of it is with me. I could see just dropping all the songs, seeing which ones are getting the most attention and the most feedback, and then maybe prioritizing videos for those. Yeah. I don't know. The only thing with that is if you want, if you have any hope for it to take off on like a TikTok type of mm -hmm. thing if you put them all out at once then there's less chance of one getting singled out right if you put them out sporadically then you're Have asking them to focus chance. on this one now focus on this one now focus on this one and keep people's attention but what about like i mean there's songs by artists that came out years ago that all of a sudden are popping off on TikTok. Yeah, you could. You, you know what could, I mean? I don't know. I'm just throwing thoughts out You know, out there, I like, could go and, I, sure, I have a song called That Fire from 2016. I could go and and start a campaign around that song and pay some influencers or yeah. do the hashtag thing, a challenge, and really try to work that um, and make it. But you uh, think you got something better in the line? I <laughs> think I have some, I, you know what? I love that song actually, but, <laughs> but I have some really cool stuff, um, that I've been working on that I'm very excited about. Now I have, uh, something that I've had a theory on and I'm interested in your opinion on it. Um, so Lil Nas X came mm -hmm. out of nowhere, you know, with yeah. these, with his songs. Uh, let's just take like the song Panini, for example, <laughs> it's only like a minute long. Yeah. It's so short. And I'm like, did he do that on purpose? So like on Spotify, like my, in my head, like when you listen you to it, you get more it, streams. Yes. Is that a thing? Does that work like that? Or you know, I hadn't thought about that until just now, but it is smart. Have you listened Cause to, cause if it gets stuck in your head and you keep wanting to listen to it, yeah. but it only lasts a minute, yeah. you're going to sit there and keep replaying it so you can hear it. Songs are getting shorter and shorter. Um, I don't know if you, if you've listened to, like, if you're paying attention to a lot of the radio songs, but it used to be that most songs on the radio were like around minutes. three and a half, yeah. four minutes. And now it's more around two and a half, three minutes per song. Why do you think that is? Attention I mean, spans? It could be attention spans. It could be exactly what you're saying. I didn't even, I didn't even think about it, but I've been making shorter songs too. Most of my songs are around two minutes and probably 30 easier seconds too if you just can you probably don't have, you don't have to come up with as many lyrics true and, uh, i think we're getting rid of bridges as well hmm. uh third verses and bridges aren't really a thing hmm. as much anymore Interesting. um and 
also um i don't have you heard have you heard tierra wax whack world i don't think so it's great you should take a chance uh at some and watch the videos because the videos are awesome but but all of her songs are 90 seconds wow and it's very cool it's it's like just enough and a little tease yeah huh interesting yeah there's weird you know there's weird stuff like that and and just uh, just you know that like the Nas X thing that's just from like me like thinking like all right if I was a why would he do that you know and if I was like well if I was an artist if you can just get that good hook and you can right. just add a little bit of something Make them to, it. Listen to it again yeah, and, and just again, it's in yeah. their head and they just want to keep playing and I'm like he probably gets uh at least I would think like three times as many just from people yeah. wanting to hear it because it ends so fast. <laughs> I also think with things like Panini and probably his new song Holiday, I think, and I could be wrong, so don't quote me yeah, on no. this, but uh, but I think he's probably not writing his songs anymore, and I think he probably right. um, he probably has a team of strategists who maybe they thought of that <laughs> who are thinking about those things. So I don't yeah. think he is necessarily behind the decisions that right. are being made at this point. Cause that's how it works though on Spotify, right? You get paid like per, per stream. Per stream. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, what point do you get to start getting paid? How's that work? Um, I get a check quarterly. I, but like, at what point did you get like, cause you could like, I, I can't go put a song on Spotify and start <laughs> getting paid. Right. You could really, they um, start, they'll start paying immediately. Uh, quarterly um but But i mean it depends on how many streams you get of that song they pay you um i think i think a million streams equates to some somewhere between four and six thousand dollars so it's not it's not crazy money but um yeah if you put up a song you could literally i didn't didn't know if they had like a you had to at least get to this many streams before we'll even consider giving you any money for your music or anything i think I think it goes through your distribution company, which you could literally go through like DistroKid, which is, I think, hmm. $10, $10 to upload a song. Hmm. And they put it on all the platforms. Yeah. And yeah. We use uh, we use Anchor for this, and it goes out everywhere on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and all those places. Um, but I don't think we're getting the views. I'm not getting any checks. <laughs> <laughs> But, you, should, uh, you should ask Anchor, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, what a cool story. I love hearing it. You know, I love, again, people from Springfield just doing amazing things. And uh, you took a unique path there. You made some good decisions. And uh, probably a little bit of fate and a little bit of, uh, you know, just your own sitting there thinking it out. Like you said, never just sitting still. What do I got to do? I'm excited to see what you do next. Thank That's you. Very cool Thank to see. you for having me. I love to see this here because, you know, growing up, I, I didn't see quite as as much um, in the creative field out here. So it always makes me happy when when I see things like what you're doing. And and even like I was really excited to see like high. So music in Springfield mm-hmm. because did you go over there? I have been over there. I, I, I think once I did. I did a radio show with them. Nice. Up probably a year ago but but um but yeah it's cool to see it's starting to expand a little bit it's starting to expand a little people starting to do some more interesting things and uh kind of creating a little bit of a scene and um i yeah it's fun you know we like what we do and uh, i'd like to honestly get into some more like uh i don't know if i 
I, I just want to do some more stuff where it's like I can unleash a little more creativity. You know, doing stuff for businesses, uh, you gotta you gotta kind of watch some of the stuff you do. So I, whether that's like doing music videos or like some short films or something yeah. at some point, I think that that's definitely in the future. And, you know, I have some different ideas for stuff, uh, so that will be cool someday when hopefully I have some time to do it. <laughs> well, you'll have to keep me posted because I always need videos. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Collaborate on something sometime. Well. I definitely appreciate you coming out. I know, you know, when you're home on vacation, it's it's important that you, you know, get as much time with family and stuff as you can. So I know you took some time out of your schedule to do that. So it really is awesome. And uh, we really appreciate that uh, coming and showing some support on the show here. Of course. Thank um, you for having me. And uh, anybody that's looking to check out her music, pretty much everything is just at Music by Shell, right? Pretty much everything is at music by c-h-e-l fun fun fact because in springfield you know most people know me as sarah right um my middle name's michelle uh and that's where i saw that i figured that's probably where when i when i first started making music i was going by sarah michelle and when you looked that up on google you got a million results that were sarah michelle geller (laughs) and um we realized that none of my stuff was ever going to pop up at the top Uh, of the list And so we were like, what can we do here? Because I need to think of something to go by. And my dad came up with Shell and he jokes that he named me twice. (laughs) Um, So so I was creeping and I was like, I wonder if she's running any ads. You know what I mean? Just curious. Mm -hmm. So there's a spot where you can look at like if someone's running ads and uh, it also says name changes. So I saw your name changes. <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. I didn't know you could look that, <laughs> that up. Yeah, I have to show it. So it's like the year. And I'm like, well, she changed your name a few times that year. Yeah. <laughs> 2016, I think it was. Yeah. But all right. Well, yeah, definitely go check her out. Music by Shell, the new music video for Nasty Woman. Nasty right? Woman. Right, I wanted to make sure I got I, 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 Not Nasty Girl, Nasty Woman. <laughs> um, thanks again very much for coming on. And uh, look forward to see what you got going on in the future. Hopefully someday we'll have you back with new stories. I would love that. Thank you again for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>